Hallelujah. Are we human sinners because Adam sinned? And then hopefully when we have time, we'll talk about the next one, you know, another controversial issue, so that we'll be able to look at the next one. Yeah. So, is the sin of Adam automatic? Please, if you are new, kindly bear with us. I believe the world will finish, God will give you understanding. And I want to beg you, yeah, the messages are online, okay? So you can listen to them again and follow us to this end. So let's look at the scene. Genesis 3 verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was it was pleasing to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took up his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of all of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and the stupid leaves together and made themselves coverings. The phrase, let us, okay, okay, yes, I forget again, right? So here we see here, we see Adam and Eve exercising their will in choosing, in making a decision. And then they choose death instead of life. We made mention of this last week, right? Then in Genesis 3, verse 14 to 15, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field upon thy belly shall thou grow, and thou shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy heel, thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So from Genesis here, we see the facts of the gospel. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor was saying before service began earlier on that. And even in the ministration, that the, the death of Jesus Christ was not an afterthought. Amen. That we being saved is not an afterthought. Immediately the man failed, God executed the plan that he had before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. So when man disobeyed God, man, heaven was not. As dramatic as we saw it here, the angel, I don't know which Bible translation they read, and they were able to tell us what the angels were doing anyway, but their imagination was good, hallelujah. But that is not Bible, right? We'll turn them for the imagination, so we can imagine. Hallelujah. But imagine when man fell in the Garden of Eden, was heaven shocked and restless? Oh, Adam has seen. What can we do? You know, confusion everywhere. Imagine, you know, let's say an atomic bomb is thrown maybe in a state in America. Imagine what is happening in, in, in the White House. The situation, right? Imagine the president calling his cabinet and asking to describe what, what is the plan. Do we have a plan? But heaven was not surprised. Hallelujah. Heaven was not surprised that man fell. Because the Bible says that before the world began, Jesus was slain. Hallelujah. So I do say this that when God created man, he knew because he is all knowing. Hallelujah. He knew that man would fail. Therefore, he had a plan for the restoration of the man, even when man falls. And that is like insurance policy. Hallelujah. The manufacturer of the car gives you the car, 
and then maybe the company you bought from gives you an insurance, you know, in case if you are driving it and then there's an accident, you can go and they'll give you a new one, isn't it? But God knows in for knowledge that man will make a decision that is against what he ought to do. Therefore, immediately we see the man failed, you know, there was an activation of the plan for the restoration of man. Hallelujah. So that is how loving God is to you. So this is this was actually the prophecy. This verses is actually a prophecy about the Easter, the Easter story, the suffering, the death, and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The judgment here concerning the serpent, which is the devil, will bruise his heel, that is the suffering of Christ, and even crucifying him, and then he will do what? Will bruise his head. It's actually speaking about what will happen to the Christ. And what will be the result to the Sabbath? Hallelujah. So in the death of Jesus Christ, we see the victory that he had for us. Hallelujah. So let's try to answer the question. Is this fall of man, this sin of Adam, automatic to all men? Meaning Adam's sin and all men are punished because Adam sinned. You know, Adam committed a sin, therefore we are eternally condemned because of the sin of Adam. Now, it is a popular teaching that sin of Adam is what all mankind will have to eternally suffer. You know, we've know we've I myself have believed this. You know, but then this will mean that God, I said this earlier on, it will mean that God is, is not a good God. Hallelujah. In your family, you have brothers, you have sisters. Then probably your elder brother committed a crime. And when your father comes to the house, he call all of you and lie you up. And then he begins to punish all of you for the sin of your elder brother. Amen? What would you say of your father? Be honest. Will you say he's a loving father? Is there love in that action? Does it mean that your father is good by that action? What? Does that action demonstrate righteousness? That action do, does that action demonstrate justice? Hallelujah. Now, if your earthly parents will not do that, what about your heavenly father? That is good. That is more perfect. Is is perfect? Not more perfect, but is perfect. His love, his love personified. Hallelujah. Will he execute this kind of injustice? That one man sin and every other man is punished because one sin eternally. So this actually becomes a misrepresentation of the character and the nature of what we call this, 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 this notion or this understanding that one sin and all even the unborn. Imagine a child is born and then he's eternally condemned. Hallelujah. So the question is, is this really just? Is it, or let's use the common word we can say, is it fair? Right? Is it fair? I mean, you know, I didn't commit any sin, but I just came out and then I was already judged when I was born. Hallelujah. So the character, let's look a little bit of the character of God. First John chapter 1, verse 5 says, This is, this death is a message which we've heard of him. 
and declare unto you that God is what? God is light. Amen. God is what? God is light. And in him is no what? It's no darkness. So when we are talking about God, we're talking about God being light. In him there is no shadow of darkness. So God being light means that there is nothing evil that can be found in him. God does not have the ability to do evil. Hallelujah. God does not have the propensity to do evil. He doesn't have the ability to do evil. He doesn't even have the ability to tempt you to do evil. Amen? So when you are tempted, you don't say God is tempting me with evil because God does not tempt with evil. The role of God in your temptation is to create an acceptable for you. That is the response. That is the role of God in temptation and in trial. So you cannot say, oh, this sickness I'm passing through is God that is teaching me a lesson. No, no, no. God will not use sickness to teach you a lesson. He will use his word to teach you a lesson. Hallelujah. All scripture is what? It's inspired by, and it's for what? Doctrine. For doctrine, for what? For correction, for what? For reproof, for what? For training, that what? That the man of God will be what? Furnished in what? Do we see sickness there? Hallelujah. So what God will use in teaching you is not sickness. Sickness comes from the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's nothing evil that can be found in God. Hallelujah. Then second Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, which the Lord. Now look at the way he explains the word. The righteous judge. God is a righteous judge. Hallelujah. He is not like the Supreme Court judge in your country. All the tribunals that fit election results in some countries. I don't know the countries. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is a what? He is a righteous judge. Shall give me at a day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love is appearing. So God, by nature, is a righteous judge. Hallelujah. He judges righteously, meaning that if it is A that you deserve, he gives you A. If it is B that you deserve, he gives you B. He is a righteous judge. Hallelujah. And in him, there is no ability to be unrighteous in his judgment. So God is a righteous judge, meaning that God will judge righteously. Yes, give it to everyone according to what he deserves. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14 to 17. Obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Who is holy? God is holy God. I was telling them in the same meeting that holiness doesn't mean the opposite of holiness, or holiness itself, doesn't mean sin sinlessness. Holiness means God is different, He's set apart. God is not a man. Hallelujah. That's what it means. You, are, you should be holy. You should be set apart from all men because I, your God, am holy. I am set apart. So God is holy. And if you get called on the Father, who, who 
who without respect of persons, see, the way he judges, without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, in awe of God, to worship the eventual fear of God. Hallelujah. So God is holy. He set apart and different from human judges. So when you talk about, when you think about a judge, don't think about a judge in your family. Hallelujah. Don't even think about the judge in America, the Supreme Court judges and all those. He is a holy judge. He is judged. You cannot look at the judgment of God and appeal. Amen? Because he's perfect. He has not appealed to his judgment. His judgment is final because he's right. Hallelujah. So this, yes. So will this good God, this righteous God, and holy judge punish someone because another sin? That is a question I want you to see. Questions help us to think the very well, right? Will this righteous and perfect judgment will describe punish someone for the sin of another? Even in the law, look at the law in Old Testament. It doesn't even come to the New Testament. Amen? In the law, it says, Fathers, Deuteronomy 24, verse 16, Fathers shall not be put to death because of their what? Their children. No shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. This is a law given to men. Hallelujah. This is a justice system of men. A man committed a crime. You don't go and carry his daughter and punish the daughter because he, he committed a crime. Each man for his crime. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31 30. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Each man who eats sour grapes, his teeth shall sit on each. Hallelujah. Have you ever eaten food and you enter somebody, somebody's stomach? Amen? So, each man will be judged for his own iniquity. Ezekiel 18, verse 4, verse 17, verse 20. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall what? Shall die. Hallelujah. The soul that sin shall what? Shall die. Amen. So each man to his sin. The soul that sin shall die. He shall not die for his father's iniquity. He shall surely what? Live. That is, he that doesn't, that he, the father, he will not die for his father's iniquity. He shall live. The soul who sins shall die, right? The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him. That is, when the right, the righteous man is made righteous, right? He cannot transfer his righteousness to another person. Hallelujah. Equally, he cannot transfer what the judgment to another. And the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon who? Upon himself. Amen. So that is why you cannot inherit eternal life from anybody except from Jesus. It's a common grace that has appeared to all men. Hallelujah. Your eternal life did not come from your pastor in your church. Amen. But from one source and it's from God. Each man, God has given. Hallelujah. Now, this text clearly shows that what? God for human justice and divine justice. What do we see? People are held accountable for their own sins. This is not to say that no consequences. From ancestors affects them. 
Amen? Now, there's a difference between the penalty of sin and the consequences of sin. Hello? You understand? For example, now, every decision you make has consequences on your environment and the people around you. They might not necessarily suffer the penalty for what you commit, but they will see, they will participate in the consequences of that sin, of that decision you make. Hallelujah. Many of us are a result of, in fact, the reason why you are alive today is because your father made a decision to marry your mother. Amen? Were you there? So you are a consequence of somebody falling in love. Amen? And then you decided to say, let's take you to the next step. And then you appear. You were not there. You didn't even decide that you want to appear or not. All you know is that you are, you are here. Hallelujah. So, you are the consequences of their work, their decision of them falling in love. Hallelujah. So, but then, they are not held guilty for something someone else did. So, the understanding of these two facts will help us in understanding the character and the nature of God and what happened when man sinned. Hallelujah. So the difference between what? The consequences of sin and the penalty that is the guilt of sin. Now the consequences of sin of Adam we see suffering, right? When you read Genesis 3, we can we could remove this point from Genesis 3. Toils and hardship, you know, broken human relationship. That pastor was teaching us and I believe that we started this week, right? About relationship, don't miss Wednesday, Wednesday teachings. Hallelujah. Please, if you miss anything, don't miss this week. Amen. Don't miss this week. It's going to be hot and fresh. So, human relationship was broken because of what? The sin of man. This is the, what, the consequence of the sin of Adam. Absence of the presence of God, spiritual death, physical death, wickedness, sickness, lack, poverty. All these are what? As a result of the fall of Adam. Hallelujah. Now, what is the penalty of the sin of, of, of sin? Eternal condemnation is the penalty of sin. But Romans 6 verse 23 says what? The wages of sin is what? The wages of sin, you know, received is death. The sentence of sin is death. And God has not changed that. Hallelujah. Now, the coming of Jesus Christ did not take away the punishment for sin. Hallelujah. Jesus dying and rising from the dead did not cancel the judgment of God concerning sin. Jesus only fulfilled the what? The judgment of God concerning sin. So when you believe in him, the judgment has not fulfilled in Christ. But this judgment stands. Sin. Death. Hallelujah. So if you refuse to believe and receive the free salvation that has been given, then what you say in tongue is that I want to receive the punishment myself. So if you are here and you're not born again, what you're doing or what you're saying is that I want to receive the penalty of this sin myself. Of unbelief. Hallelujah. So we can suffer the consequences of the of, 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 of others, of others' past decisions and not the penalty of what of their decisions. Hallelujah. What about the creation? What happened to the creation when Adam fell? For even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly, long earnestly for God's sons to be made known. They wait for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. For the creation nature 
was subjected to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on his part, but by the will of him who subjected it. Yet, with the hope that nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures, meaning the inner things, the earth, the world, the created world, has been mourning together in pains of the labor until now. Why? Because Adam sinned. Hallelujah. So this is a consequence of the sin of Adam. And we see it all around us. That is why you will die physically. Because Adam sinned. Amen? Amen? And the death of Christ has come as a solution for even the consequences. The way you believe, time is coming that you'll be given a regenerated body. Hallelujah. A body that is eternal, more sophisticated and perfect than what we have. So the argument that we are all born guilty of Adam's sin, and this is the star scripture, star verse, I would say, for all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So all of us, the moment you are born, you are fall short of the glory and the standard of God. Now, in interpreting scriptures, we must consider the context, right? We do this here every day. Time will not permit us to do more of that. The pretext and the postext in order to arrive at a reasonable conclusion. If not, we will cut the scripture out of God so you cannot open the Bible, the book of Romans of the day, and begin from verse 23. Then your application of that verse definitely will deal with that understanding. Hallelujah. So you must look in the background and understand the conversation. So Romans report was referring to what? The law. The law of Moses has classified all of us to be sinners because nobody could keep the law. We couldn't keep the law. First, become sinners, not because of Adam. This statement is carefully written. Hallelujah. Let's move to Romans 4. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have what have sin. Now, sin entered into the world. It wasn't created by God. Hallelujah. Why? Because in him there is no evil at all. So sin entered. I mean sin was not in the world. Sin entered as it sin is falling into this world. Amen? But it entered into the world. It wasn't God's creation. Death came into the world because of what? Because of sin. So sin created death and normal and not God. God never created death. If you read Genesis 1 and 2, you don't see on the, on the eighth day God created death. It's not there, right? So the reason for death is what? It's sin. So if you read, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Glory be to God. What, was, what is Job expressing? He's expressing his ignorance. Concerning the character of God rather than the true nature and the character of God. 
Because in the Old Testament, even, even in this our generation, what people cannot explain, they say is God. It's easy to say it's God. And then we rest it there because we don't know. Hallelujah. So even you sometimes don't see. I was talking to someone last night. I will say this. Even if you listen to our sayings. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was talking to him that he was he was about to get married to someone. And then they went for test in West Africa. There's what we call Sikusel. And in his AS. And the lady is AS. And they advise them not to marry because if they give birth to SS. So I said, ah, my brother. It is well. The God encouraged your heart. Say, maybe it's the will of God for him. I said, hey. <laughs> he fell in love with someone. And this is the reason. God said, with the will of God. I mean, why do you want to accuse God for what you did? What you did actually. You know. So, so. So, if you want to fall in love, make sure you know that my other is very Before you go and fall in love, and then you have to, you have to raise up from love. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sila. <laughs> Sila. So, so, who then brought sin into the world? Who? Man. Hallelujah. Who brought sin into the world? Who? Man. Someone is saying, no, the devil. <laughs> by one man, sin, by the devil, how do you read the Bible? By how many men? One. If I say you enter this room by this door, right? How did you come into this room? By this one door, right? So, by one man, what is sin happen? Sin entered into the world. So man brought sin into the world. Man is the architect of his own problem through unbelief. Amen? Sin in his disobedience and not God. Because you know some people say, you know, God is all-powerful. He created good and evil. Mm. Amen? You know, earthquake happens. It's, you know, that's, what, that's the will of God. Really? No, that's not God. God doesn't create evil, and he cannot create evil. It's because of man that we see this. Hallelujah. So, Romans 12, 5 verse 12. Therefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned, and so death passed upon all men. Death did what? It passed upon all men. I explained this before. That it means, you know, from one person to another, it means that pass from one person to another. And in, in the research of this word, I was so careful to look at it. This is the Greek word, you can call it, I don't know how to pronounce it. Which means to travel to or walk through. That is what it means. It means to travel to or to walk through. Get travel to all men means everybody was given an opportunity to make a choice. Hallelujah. To make a choice. To make a choice. So, verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Sin is not brought unto consciousness because there is no law. 
to show that there is sin. There's no mirror to show that something is wrong with you. So you walk away with your face, with your makeup scattered. But the moment the mirror is brought to you and you see the mirror is perfect, right? You could see the deficiency in you. And the expectation is that you dress, you go for him who can dress you. Hallelujah. But the mirror cannot dress you. Amen. Is a makeup artist that will dress you. Am I making sense to ladies? Amen. And that that perfect artist is Jesus himself. Hallelujah. So the law refers to what Moses. And Moses was born in Exodus chapter 2, verse 2. So from Genesis to Exodus, sin was in where? We was in the world, but sin was not imputed. Imputed is an accounting word translated from the Greek word elogio, which simply means put on account. So sin is not accounted, meaning no one is held accountable. Therefore, the introduction of the law held us accountable for sin. It brings about the knowledge and the reality of sin. But it didn't mean that sin was not in existence. Are we together? Good. Now, explain these verses because the main verse is the next one. Okay, now this is the verse I want to reach. That's why we all explain those ones. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Right? Even over them, even over them that had not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgression, they didn't see the way Adam sinned. They didn't see exactly, they didn't do the sin. What is the sin of Adam? What is the sin of Adam? Unbelief. So, death reigned upon all over, yes, even over them that had not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgression, over those who have not disbelieved like Adam disbelieved. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Amen. Over them that have not seen after the spirit of Adam's translation, I've just explained that will mean that there were people who did not sin just as Adam did. The sin of Adam is what is unbelief explained. It means there are there were righteous men after Adam. Amen. It means that when Adam sinned, the entire world was not was not totally said, okay, we never found a righteous man. No. Therefore, the sin of Adam was not automatically passed on to the next people because we see example Abel was a direct descendant of Adam but Abel is said to be a man that is righteous hallelujah so if sin is automatically transferred Abel would have been sinful right Hebrews of 11 verse 4 to 7 Hebrews 11 verse 7 Hebrews 11. Don't worry, I'll read it here. Say, by faith, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent. So Abel pleased God. Hallelujah. He pleased God and his pleasing of God is seen in his worship of offering. Are we together? So by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than King, through which he obtained witness. That he was he was righteous. So we see immediately after Adam, there was a righteous man, even in his house. Hallelujah. So which obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified. This is the testimony of God Himself. 
God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he brings his gifts. And as far as we see another man that lived after Adam, Enoch, was taken away so that he did not see death. And by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he was, he pleased God. Hallelujah. So how can you please God? By faith. Hallelujah. He believed. What did he believe in? He believed in Jesus. So the basis by which one will please God is not by what they've done, what they will do, what they're planning to do. It's by, by faith. The just shall live by what? By faith. Enoch was a man of faith. Verse 6, right? But without faith, it is impossible to do what you please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek. Hallelujah. So without faith, it is impossible to say you please God. So these men lived and they pleased God. So Adam was a sinner, but he gave back to Adam a righteous man. Hallelujah. Is that clear? All right. So all children, we discussed this earlier, that all children belong to God. And then you may ask, where will children go when they die? Hell or heaven? Have you ever imagined that? The children really believe in God. Because the only way we can see God is by faith. So the baby that was just born today, and the baby even came out as dead, then will that baby be hell? Because if we say that the sin of Adam, right? If we say that the sin of Adam is automatically passed on to his descendants as a penalty, amen? It will mean that the baby that just came out as dead is already condemned. Therefore, the equation, therefore, eh? quantum physics. Therefore, we can say that God is not a just God. What did the baby do? What about those that are born in Bessar and they die in that? In that, uh, in that nation, what is their, their fate? Hellfire, because they didn't believe. That is what we are saying. If the sin of Adam passed on automatically, then what we are saying is that we are, we are contradicting the character and the nature of God. We are saying that God, even I am better than God in judgment. I will not do that. That means I am better than God in my judgment. Common sense means that this person is not committed. He has mental problems, isn't it? So how will he account for what he didn't even, cannot even see? Hallelujah. So, I chose God is helping us, right? The argument. If you read Matthew 19, oh my God, this time. Matthew 19, verse 13, read me that scripture quickly. Matthew 19, yes. 
Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hand on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. You know, they said, Take these children away. This you know, is his ministry. It's not child's play. You know, don't be, when we are being serious, don't be bringing children here. Look at the response of Jesus. Jesus said, Let the children, little children, come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to, to such as what? As these. Oh Lord, I wish they would be able to explain as such as this. But if I knew I would not write, I would search what does this such as this mean. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Let's move from here. Let's go to the slide. So the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is for is for such as this, right? All children, no matter who gave back to them. I said this last time. Even if he's a native doctor, they give out to the child. Or a witch, or a Muslim, or a prostitute. In fact, even if the situation by which they give out to the child is sin, even if the child was born in sin, you know the psalmist says, in iniquity I was born. It's correct. That child, right, is from God and belongs to God. Hallelujah. Then your mind will be asking them, when is man a sinner? When did man really become a sinner? When can we classify man as a sinner? If man is born, not judged, as we always think that it is, then when did I become a sinner? When did I? They don't have to be born again. That is children, children, right? To belong to God, they cannot be punished for the sins of their parents. Have we put that in the previous slides? That the son will not suffer for the sin of what? Of the parent. Right. There is compassion in God's justice system. It is not like the justice system in this country or in any place on earth. God is fair and he is right. Hallelujah. Good. But we are born with a morally corrupt nature. I wish I would teach about the principle of Giving back, uh, no, let me not see it here. talk about it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 talks about Adam giving back to descendants in his own image and his own likeness. Hallelujah. If we didn't inherit the penalty of the sin of Adam, what did we get from him? Amen. We inherit moral corruption. Hallelujah. What is moral corruption? That is what the law comes to show that by trying to be moral, you cannot please God. Hallelujah. So you've been accepted by God is not because of moral conduct, it's by faith. Amen? Because morally, a child that is born today has a propensity to do what is bad. Do we agree? He will cry anyhow. He is not giving food. Is that nice? No. The baby can be naughty at any moment. Because moral is a tendency for that child to be morally corrupt. Because there is a physical birth. This your body is what you inherit from the nature of Adam that will die and go Hallelujah. So we inherit moral corruption. But there is a sense of evil that didn't lose, that was not lost rather, when Adam fell. And the, 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 the free will is to make a choice. 
Hallelujah. So even as the baby is born, that person, that child, that human being has the ability to say, I'll do what is bad, right? But I have a choice not to do it. Amen? Because there are morally sound people that are not believers. Do we agree? Morally sound, like Mahatma Gandhi is morally sound than many Christians. Some ages are so morally sound and clean than many believers in church. Well, let's say perhaps you that is born again, what different are you from the elitic child? You do what is naughty. The elitic child does what is naughty. Your unbeliever does moral actions that is contrary to the will of God, the word of God. You also do same sometimes. Hallelujah. So it's based on moral justification, then you are also condemned. Isn't it? So it's an argument making sense. So we inherit a nature, a moral corruption. Humans are born depraved in their moral will, but not depraved that they can't freely choose right over wrong. This view, there's another view contrary to this, but this view is a view that says a man is born is born perfect. It's a view that says that a man is born perfect. It's another view that says a man is born corrupt completely. Hallelujah. But this view is saying man is born, right? Morally depraved or will be make a choice. But then the penalty of sin is not automatic on him. Hallelujah. So this view affirms the corruption inherited from Adam call in the scripture the word the flesh hallelujah sometimes when we pass a victor and then his children will play and say i know this one the flesh is still alive i don't believe that she's born again i know the flesh is at work hallelujah but it doesn't mean that she doesn't belong to god hallelujah are we learning so flesh the all service and sin scripture extended so the baby is born so innocent Right? But can demonstrate some funny behaviors because of what? Because of moral decadence inherited from the fallen nature of Adam. Hallelujah. Alright. Then at what point does a man become a sinner when the gospel is preached and man acts in unbelief? Then the man becomes a sinner. Hallelujah. So everybody in this room cannot say we didn't hear the gospel. From the songs we sang from morning till now, you've had the gospel. So if you leave this place not born again, you are a sinner. And you are a temple of demons. Amen? As what the scripture says, I'm not abusing you or cursing you. You are possessed, yes. Everybody here is possessed. Who is possessed here? By something. By, something. by someone, hallelujah. Everybody here is possessed by someone. Hallelujah. I want to be the most possessed person in this house. By the Holy Ghost. Amen. No, nobody is empty. Hallelujah. So if you're not born again, there's something inside you. There's someone inside you. There's darkness inside you. There's a spirit of disobedience inside you. So when his consciousness is activated, when the baby grows up to a certain level of consciousness to know what is wrong from the right, and the gospel is presented, and the baby says no, 
at that moment, there's a choice that has been placed before the child, and the child made a choice to reject the lie. That was the innocent state that God created Adam and Eve. Now we said that they were not in the image of what of God. They were neither born again, or they, were, they had to make a choice before they could either choose to be eternal or have everlasting life, or they could make a choice that they made and they become condemned by the virtue of their decisions of unbelief. Hallelujah. So at this point, when the gospel is preached and he rejects, he rejects, he becomes a sinner by what? By choice. Hallelujah. He is now an unbeliever and a temple of demons. So in response to this message right now, as we run up, as we stop here, in response to this conversation now, what will you do with this information? Will you believe, right? Or continue in unbelief? We've agreed by this scriptures we've studied together. The essence of this that will come, will come to a, a level of truth and understanding. And it's your duty to study more, to understand these things. Hallelujah. So, do you believe or you make a decision to continue in your unbelief? And if you believe, how are you living your life? Hallelujah. We sing in his rhythm, but have you put your trust in his finished work? Have you put trust, your trust in him dying, suffering, dying on the cross, buried, rising again on the third day, seated at the right of the Father? Or you make a decision not to put your trust in this. What you're doing is that you're making a choice. Either way, you're making a choice because you are at a stage of moral discretion. Hallelujah. So nobody in this room is without moral discretion to know what is right and what is wrong. To be able to know the truth, the gospel has been presented to you. Hallelujah. So can you just close your eyes? We stop here, we continue. And speak to God. And if you are here and you've not put your trust in Jesus, you're already judged. And your judgment is eternal condemnation. But if you are here and you believe you are eternally saved, you're eternally saved because of Jesus, and your obligation is to know this truth and to preach this truth. Your obligation is to live by this truth. Your responsibility is to keep responding to this truth daily. Your responsibility is to keep responding to this truth daily. Someone is here for the very first time in church because it's Easter this today, Easter Sunday. Ask yourself the sincere question: Do you believe in Jesus as the one that has died to free you from the penalty of sin, to free you? On the possibility of dying. And if you believe, 
How are you living? Are you living in response to the conduct? Your conduct is responding to what you believe in Jesus. By your confession, you see why it is necessary for the Savior to come and die. Without which we will be condemned, without the Savior coming to die. 